Hi, David. Since we last spoke, yields on government bonds have moved meaningfully higher. What are the drivers of the rise in bond yields? Yeah, hi, Alex. Um, yeah, well, the bond bears have uh, started to growl. Um, we've not heard from them for a long term, long time. And, uh, you know, as you say, yields on government bonds um, have been moving, uh, you know, quite sharply higher, now approaching their pre-pandemic levels. Uh, the yield on the US 10-year Treasury note is around about 1.3%. So it's about 40 basis points higher than at the start of the year. Um, UK gilt yields have, have risen by actually a similar uh, magnitude, uh, German bunds uh, by, by around 20 basis points or, or so. But you know, government bond yields, I mean, still very low by historic standards. And the real yields, so if you adjust those yields for inflation expectations, real yields are still deeply um, negative. And you know, central banks continue to kind of sit on, um, you know, short dated bond uh, yields. Um, I think there's you know little prospect of higher policy rates uh, this year, and and so you know yield curves have uh, bear steepened. The, the the long end yields have moved, um, uh, you know, by further than uh, short dated bond yields, and so you get that uh, bear steepening in the uh, yield curve. Um, I mean, one thing which the bond bears are not fretting uh, about, which is they're not really worried about huge budget deficits and rising government debt. Uh, rather, they're you know getting a little bit um, anxious at that you know we'll have a stronger than expected economic recovery, um, you know, turbocharged by additional fiscal stimulus, and this may push um, inflation, you know maybe you know inflation higher and, and above target and actually force maybe the fed to um ultimately tighten policy sooner rather than uh currently being um, expected but you know we shouldn't get too carried away uh the increase in bond yields you know seems large because current yields are so low um and and a bear steepening of yield curves is typical in the early stages of economic recovery it's something that we anticipated in our uh 2021 um, outlook. And I still think the bond market is play, pricing reflation. So that's a, a pickup in inflation from depressed levels rather than runaway inflation. So, you know, I think uh, a best deepening of the yield curve, higher bond yields at the longer end, I think that makes sense. The recent economic data has generally been better than expected. As we've previously discussed, the news flow on vaccines has been positive and, you know, hence the prospect of a sustained reopening of economies. And, and you know, we are going to get another big fiscal package, it seems, coming out of um, Washington. So do you think that bond yields can go much higher? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I do think that government bond yields will be higher at the end of this year. Um, and that reflects our sort of above consensus view uh, on the outlook for global and uh, US growth. Um, if you would look at um, uh, interest rate forwards, they would suggest that the 10 year Treasury yield in about in 12 months time will be around about one and a half percent. I actually think they will be higher than that. So um, I think it does you know, fit with our sort of short US duration uh, bias and some of our um, strategies. I do think that yields, though, in the near term are approaching levels that, you know, at some point either get validated by central bankers and in particular the Fed. Um, and that means that they start, you know, changing the tone of their communication. And I don't think that's likely in the near term. Or there is a 
break out higher in market expectations for inflation. Uh, but for sustainable rise in inflation to central bank targets and above, I think that only comes if aggregate demand outstrips supply. And, and that means that unemployment's got you know, a long way to yet fall. Now, this could happen in the US. Um, I think in Europe, um, it's not really a concern. I mean, expected as well as actual inflation remains well below the ECB's close to 2% target. I think European bond yields will drift higher, but I think they're going to be kind of pulled higher, if you like, by um, uh, higher US Treasury yields rather than be a, a driver in their own uh, right. And I think it makes sense in, in, in terms of this story to be quite US focused. The US had a, has had a less severe recession than Europe. Um, there's additional fiscal support uh, coming. Um, it's It will close its output gap much sooner than in Europe. So I think a sort of pick up in inflation is a more plausible story for the US than it is for Europe. And, and even Larry Summers, who's been the most vocal exponent of the secular stagnation thesis, um, recently warned in a Washington Post op-ed that uh, President Biden's 1.9 trillion fiscal package, which would come on top of the 900 billion dollars of support passed by Congress at the end of last year, may actually be more than is required. And I quote, uh, set off inflation pressures of a kind we have not seen in a generation. Now, some of this higher inflation risk is already priced in. Uh, the 10 year break even inflation rate implied from Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, or TIPS, is at a multi-year high of around two and a quarter percent. And I also think if, if, if yields move too high too fast, I think the Fed, and, and for that matter, other central banks will push back. I think they'll be worried that it will lead to a premature tightening of financial conditions when, as we know, you know we're very far from returning to or getting to a, a level of uh, full employment. So, you know, the rise in bond yields and bear steepening of the curve is consistent with the reflation and recovery theme. I do think bond yields will be meaningfully higher by year end. Um, in the near term, I, th I think if yields go much higher, yeah, I, th I, th I think there's potential for risk markets to uh, react uh, negatively. You know, while the direction of travel, though, is for higher bond yields, it's going to take a sort of path of uh, reflexivity. So if it goes too high too fast, that leads to a tightening of financial conditions, a sell-off, uh, that get, you know, gets a pushback from central banks, bond yields uh, drop down, and then we sort of start that sort of circular process again, although you know, from a higher um, starting point. Is the implication that higher bond yields could lead to a risk sell-off? And are you worried there might be another taper tantrum? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that people have been um, uh, talking uh, about. I mean, what we've seen, you know, over recent months and weeks is that bonds yields and risk assets are moving higher together. And, and that's because both uh, have got common drivers, which is, uh, you know, greater optimism around the outlook for, for growth and some pickup in inflation expectations. And, you know, if I look at say, take credit for, as an example, you know, credit typically does well as an asset class when inflation is low but rising and growth is accelerating. And, and that's true of other, you know, growth-sensitive uh, risk uh, assets. But if we look back at past episodes when rising bond yields have preceded episodes of market volatility and risk sell-off, it's, it's typically 
because the market believes that the Fed is going to take away the proverbial punch bowl much sooner than previously um, expected, or, or that rising inflation will force it to, to do so. So you, you mentioned, Alex, the taper tantrum um, in May of 2013, and, and that occurred when then Federal Reserve Chairman uh, Ben Bernanke, you know, made a speech saying that effectively saying that QE was going to be coming to an end. Um, and the market interpreted that as that the Fed is was, was going to sort of start tightening monetary policy, including start to raise interest rates much sooner than they had previously anticipated, even though the, the sort of growth outlook was pretty mediocre. So it was interpreted as a you know shift in the Fed's policy reaction function. The, the Fed was actually you know fundamentally much more hawkish than. Uh, the market had previously um, uh, believed. And, and that led to a dramatic rise in nominal and especially real inflation-adjusted yields. Um, uh, that led to a stronger dollar, higher borrowing costs, dollar borrowing costs more globally. Um, and that did expose, at that time, some vulnerable emerging market economies with big dollar, dollar financing needs. Um, I don't think we're going to get a repeat of the taper tantrum in that sense. Uh, the growth outlook is actually improving. Um, I don't think the Fed is going to turn hawkish anytime soon, as Fed Chair Powell has made abundantly clear in a recent speech. And in, in the case of actually emerging markets, their external financing needs are actually much smaller than they were in 2013. So not really worried that we'll get another taper tantrum, but clearly I think, you know, as, as I alluded to before, if bond yields move, you know, meaningfully higher in the short term from where we are, uh, you know, I think we could get a bit of a, uh, a, a wobble in risk assets. Are you concerned by higher bond yields? Well, you know, as as a fixed income and credit investor, I, I kind of always worry about uh, higher bond yields. Um, but I think, you know, as I say, not really the taper tantrum. I think what's the more relevant episode for today is arguably the global equity market correction that we had in early 2018. And that came after, you know, a, a, a quite a long period of low volatility and rising markets. And, and that sell-off kind of marked the end of the last reflation episode um, when the global economy you know, was recovering in, in, in late 2016 and through 2017 from what had been quite a sharp slowdown in global growth led by China in um, uh, 2015. But towards the end of 2017, inflation expectations started to rise more quickly. Uh, the market started pricing in more Fed rate hikes. Um, and then we had um, a higher than expected US inflation report and a pickup in average hourly earnings at the beginning of 2018. And that was a catalyst for this you know, correction in uh, uh, global equity markets. And, uh, and I think that experience highlights the crucial role of um, inflation expectations and, and how they can you know, prompt sometimes quite a violent reassessment of the outlook for uh, monetary policy and market inflection point in markets, particularly if those higher inflation expectations are, you know, seemingly validated by upside surprises to indicators of actual inflation. Now, the Fed has set a high bar for ending QE, an even higher bar for raising interest rates. In fact, its latest projections suggest that the first rate increase will not come until um, 2024. But, you know, an inflation scare could test the market's belief in that commitment from the Fed. And, and that could actually come quite soon. 
We know that due to base effects and higher commodity prices, there will be a temporary spike in annual inflation over the coming months with US headline inflation um, likely to move above 3%. Now, you know, the market knows this. Um, it should look through the rise in inflation as temporary, but it will coincide with potentially very big additional um, uh, fiscal support, uh, more evidence of economic reopening and uh, recovery. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if the bond bears uh, again start growling that the Fed is risking much higher inflation and should act sooner rather than later. And, and there isn't you know, as I say, some uh, volatility in um, risk markets. But, you know, again, I come back to this notion of reflexivity. You know, I think the Fed would push back against tighter financial conditions while, you know, millions of Americans have not yet got their jobs back. Um, inflation drops down as base effects drop out. And so the sort of bomb bears, at least temporarily, will be um, uh, uh, beaten back. But towards the end of this year, I think the US economy could be booming. It could be growing at you know six plus percent. I think unemployment, you know, will be falling pretty sharply. Um, we'll be in the sort of low five percent, could even have a four percent um, handle. And you know, if there is evidence at that point that there is sort of sustainable upward pressure on inflation at the time when the Fed is also having to, I think, ready the market for the end of quantitative easing, then I think, again, we could see, you know, bond yields take a take a move leg higher. Um, and, and I think, you know, risk assets, again, could get quite um, uh, volatile. So I don't think investors should be complacent about um, uh, the risks from higher bond yields and, and, and complacent about inflation risk. You know, maybe this time will be different. Maybe inflation will come back more strongly than in previous cycles, given the extraordinary scale of fiscal and monetary support. But, you know, I, 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 don't, I think we should have some perspective in terms of the recent rise in um, bond yields. It's from very low levels. I think the market's pricing reflation rather than runaway inflation. So now's not the time, I think, to let the bond bears panic you. Thanks for your time today, David, and speak with you soon. Thanks, Alex. This podcast may be issued by the following entities. In the European Economic Area, by Blue Bay Funds Management Company SA, the Manco, which is regulated by the Commission de Surveillance du Secteur Financier. In Germany and Italy, the Manco is operating under a branch passport pursuant to the Undertakings for Collective Investment in Transferable Securities Directive and the Alternative Investment Fund Managers Directive. In the United Kingdom, by Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, registered with the US Securities and Exchange Commission, and is a member of the National Futures Association as authorised by the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission. In the United States, by Blue Bay Asset Management USA LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. In Switzerland, by Blue Bay Asset Management AG, where the representative and paying agent is BNP Paribas Security Services, Paris, Sucursal de Zurich, Sonnenstrauss, 16, 8002, Zurich, Switzerland. The place of performance is at the registered office of the representative. The courts of the registered office of the Swiss representative shall have jurisdiction pertaining to claims in connection with the distribution of shares in Switzerland. The prospectus, the key investor information documents, where applicable, the articles of incorporation and any other applicable documents required, such as the annual or semi-annual reports, may be obtained free of charge from the representative in Switzerland. In Japan, by Blue Bay Asset Management International Limited, which is registered with the Kanto Local Finance Bureau of Ministry of Finance Japan. In Australia, Blue Bay is exempt from the requirement to hold an Australian finance 
Financial Services Licence under the Corporations Act in respect of financial services as is regulated by the FCA under the laws of the UK, which differ from Australian laws. In Canada, BBAM LLP is not registered under securities laws and is relying on the international dealer exemption under applicable provincial securities legislation, which permits BBAM LLP to carry out certain specified dealer activities for those Canadian residents that qualify as a Canadian permitted client, as such term is defined under applicable securities legislation. The Blue Bay Group entities noted above are collectively referred to as Blue Bay within this document. The registrations and memberships noted should not be interpreted as an endorsement or approval of Blue Bay by the respective licensing or registering authorities. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended nor should be interpreted as investment tax or legal advice. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell nor is it a solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction. This product is not available for distribution in any jurisdiction where such distribution would be prohibited and is not aimed at such persons in those jurisdictions. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained within this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. Blue Bay is under no obligation to update the information in the podcast to reflect changes after the publication date. The information contained in this podcast is believed to be reliable, but Blue Bay cannot and does not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness or completeness. No part of this document may be reproduced, redistributed or passed on directly or indirectly to any other person or published in whole or in part for any purpose in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay. Copyright 2021 Blue Bay is a wholly owned subsidiary of RBC and BBAM LLP may be considered to be related and or connected to RBC and its other affiliates. Registered trademark of RBC, RBC GAM is a trademark of RBC. Blue Bay Funds Management Company SA Registered Office 4 Boulevard Royal L2449 Luxembourg. Company registered in Luxembourg number B88445. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, Registered Office 77 Groveton Street, London, W1K3JR, Partnership Registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of members of the Blue Bay Group and other important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com. All rights reserved.